It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, May 9th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is seventh overall in our hearts, Russ. I don't know. Like, I, I, I just don't know how I feel as far as that. <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, plus, we'll catch up on the playoffs all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube. We're now over on SiriusXM's app as well. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Russ, the lottery happened. Uh, In some ways, it was very... uh, I think tension filled in other ways, it was anticlimactic. And uh, here we are back where we started in the seven slot. Sure. Um, you know, from a flyer's perspective, I don't think there's much to complain about because at least they didn't move down. Like I get you didn't move up. Like I get it. Um, but I felt like as far as being fair to the really awful teams in the league, it worked out that way. And it was, and it was working out that way pretty well. Now, Again, if you want to be mad at the Flyers for not calling up some excuse me, some of the younger guys earlier and impacting the record a little more, I get it. Uh, you know, John Tortorella flew in the face of this draft and was basically like, yeah, whatever. You know, whatever happens, happens. Well, you know, you're at seventh and that's what happened. So I just feel like, yeah, if the Flyers had a bit more of a plan on it and were more on the same page, they could be picking higher. And it would have always been better if they were picking higher. We, we have to acknowledge that. Or just having more, you know, percentage points in this. It was always going to be better for that. But, you know, in the end, it's not horrific. They're going to get no. a good player. But, again, you know, John Bouchergrass threw around franchise players. I mean, there's there's a limited amount of franchise players. Like, you know, there's one, you know, generational guy. And then there's some franchise players. I can't guarantee you the Flyers will get a tra- franchise player at seven. Can't do it. That's a word, a phrase I don't like to just throw around. Yeah, I agree with you on that front that maybe there's one or two other guys besides Bedard that are going to make a significant impact uh, on a team like that. But yeah, I think, you know, I was just very happy the Flyers didn't move down. Uh, Nobody uh, moved around until the very end of the uh, lottery, which in some ways is a good thing, right? That the teams just kind of fell into place where they belonged and you know, we have said several times over the past week that, you know, for us, the draft lottery should really be contained to the top or the worst five teams, I guess, the yeah. top five worst teams. Let them go a few um, ones and then pick the rest. Right. And, you know, that's certainly how it wound up this time yeah. around. So in a lot of ways, I can't really complain about that either. It's just... You know, again, I said on yesterday's show, I believe I said it on Friday's show, the only thing I don't want to happen is the Chicago Blackhawks to get the number one overall yeah, pick. You and said it. lo and behold, the Chicago Blackhawks got the number one overall pick and will likely be drafting or definitely be drafting, draft. let's be real, Connor Bedard. And a lot of people very upset about it. 
uh, you know, looking at obviously the Kyle Beach situation where, you know, they covered up abuse of a player. Uh, really, you know, some people lost jobs 10 years later, but uh, the team overall did not really get significantly punished for it. A lot of people mentioning that Arizona got, you know, punished more for combine violations than the Chicago Blackhawks did for this infraction, which seems, you know, a heck of a lot worse. And so I think a lot of people are doubly angry and I think rightfully so. Listen, they, they could be angry. I, all I say is don't direct your anger at Connor Bedard. There's nothing he's done. He, oh, of course. You know, of it's course. Like he's coming into this league. He, you know, none of this should fall back on him. If you want to be angry with the situation, fine. But, you know, as far as for the league, having him be on an original six team is good for the league. Like, you know, people may not like that, but it is good. It is good from a marketing perspective. So it is what it is as far as that goes. Yeah. And, you know, I think that you have to feel for Ducks fans yeah, in, in this whole thing. It was just so heartbreaking for them. Not only did they get bumped out of the number one slot, I mean, they're going to get Fantilli, who's yeah. a phenomenal player. So, you know, in the end, they'll have a little bit to complain about, but not a lot. But oh. it just, I think you added the insult to injury by having their logo upside down on the card when it was shown at the end. I, I was just like, oh, that, that's that just, is one of just those some extra punishment. Cars little faux pas that happens, but yeah, I'm not going to feel bad for the Ducks because Fantilli is going to be great. He's going to be their top yeah. line center. Uh, I'm not worried about it. I like McTavish a lot, but I think Fantilli's better than McTavish. So, but that's a good thing to have. They, they now have right. a few center combo if they want to. And, you know, you go look at teams around the league, they kill for that. So in the end, it's good. Uh, they still don't have a coach. So now the coach that they get sort of has an idea now of what's being built there for the future. And that may attract a different kind of coach for them. So that this is a big positive for them. Yeah. And, you know, I was on the locked on NHL live reaction feed and, you know, one of the things I mentioned, you know, I didn't mention the coaching options, but as far as free agents, you know, I think it could bring certain free agents to yeah. Chicago, to Anaheim, that may not have considered that team uh, just to get in on sort of the ground floor of building a new Chicago Blackhawks organization. And, you know, there's a certain appeal to that. Well, I mean, if nothing else, if it doesn't attract like true NHL free agents, the Ducks have not had great luck attracting um, college free agents. Just a lot of them don't go there. And now with a guy like Fantilli there, with Zegers there, you know, a couple of college guys, they may start to get some of those guys. So, you know, down the road, you might get that Adam Fox type guy that says, I want to go there. And that could happen in a few years. So, you know, that could be a big deal. Yeah, I think so too. And so, you know, obviously we're going to get into, you know, looking at the seventh pick in the next segment a little bit. And we'll have a lot to say about it over the next uh, few weeks leading up to the NHL draft. You know, one other one other thing I, I would mention, because it just hit me, just the same as Fox, there are players now that, you know, may decide they would rather go to Anaheim and that team might now have to trade their rights because, you know, that guy says, you know, I'd rather sign with that team. You know, that could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking about the broadcast itself of the, the machinations of the lottery, 
Uh, I think that, you know, it seemed like they got to it a little quicker than I thought they might. Um, But it was still kind of draggy. It was a slog. Um, Yeah, I mean, and again, because nobody moved up from pretty far down, it, it just felt uneventful for the first little bit. Well, it could have been worse if 12 to 16, you know, had had come up as far as knowing that Anaheim would get the first pick quickly. Um, however, that process was going to work, because I forget now in my head, I'm so burnt out at the end of the day. But, you know, there was a way that it could have been revealed much earlier. Yes. So at least that didn't happen. That is true. We did have the Columbus falling to third overall get spoiled uh, by the network. <laughs> and so... Uh, that was a little nuts. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise there. So they came back from a commercial break and, you know, everybody was wondering, you know, whether or not it was a pre-taped bit or, you know, if it was a real faux pas. Turns out it was a real faux pas there. Yeah, but they redid it too. Like they just did it like it didn't happen. So that's fine. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, and then, you know, of course, we got the obligatory interview of Connor Bedard done remotely uh, this time, which they've done the last couple of times, I think. Yeah, yeah it would have been nice if he were in Secaucus. I mean, I don't blame him for not wanting to be in Secaucus, but it would have been nice. Uh, you know, sometimes those things are hard to work out. So uh, the interview was fine. I mean, at this point, how much is he going to really reveal? At the combine, maybe he'll reveal a bit more because he knows where he's going to go at that point. We'll have a little bit more to to talk about. So it's fine. I mean, in the end, uh, Crosby didn't get any of that because he came in after the lockout and it was just a hotel in Ottawa. So at least he's getting the, the full treatment. I feel good for Bedard in that regard. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. Uh, so Flyers are picking at seven as of now in the first round, uh, barring any trades that may occur. So coming up next, we are going to give our first thoughts at who they might take in that spot. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instamatch, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description. The moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed, to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. They show you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job. Post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer, offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply, need to hire, you need indeed. We'll, of course, be continuing our draft discussions uh, over the next several weeks, uh, including our regular Thursday prospect profiles. Uh, Also on tomorrow's show, we are going 
to be looking at uh, some trade don't trade possibilities for the Flyers current roster. So that should be a lot of fun. Take a listen then. Russ, uh, the Flyers have picked seventh overall four times in the history of the franchise. The most recent was Ivan Provorov in 2015, uh, Ryan Sittler back in 92, and then Ken Linsman in 78, Bill Barber in 72. Uh, So, you know, you can get some quality players in the seven slot. And This is what I think is going to make this draft so interesting and exciting because once you get beyond two and maybe three, if you want to lock Carlson in there, although Mitchkoff could move up, um, you know, there's talk of Will Smith moving up as well. But I think that, again, once you get past that two, there could be any number of permutations and and these teams are really going to have to have they're ducks in a row in terms of, you know, if this, then that. And be ready. Yeah, be ready. Yeah. And so the Flyers are going to have an interesting challenge picking at seven. Yeah. I, I don't think it's an easy spot to pick in. I think there could be six or seven players that you would consider in that spot. I mean, in 2015, I was all for them taking Pro Rough. I had scouted him early. I really liked him. So that I felt that was a quality pick. And it was a quality pick. He's a really good player. Um, all these players are really good players, like you, like you said. The um the interesting thing with this one is the only thing I would say with definitive terms is I wouldn't take a defenseman at seven, uh, and I wouldn't trade down either. Like that's those are the two things I wouldn't do. Oh, actually, you know, it's funny. Before I get killed, I was confusing Ryan Sittler with someone else. I forget he wasn't a good player. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I, there's there's other Sittlers, Daryl Sittler. This is where that I'm is getting, true. I'm getting loop at the end of the night. So yeah, he. They struck out once in that spot, but that's fine. Anyhow, getting back to it, um, I just wouldn't take a defenseman there. Obviously, I wouldn't take a goalie there. So you're taking a forward. Like, that's – that's I'm, with all certainty, you're taking a forward, and that's what they should do. Uh, again, though, if a team feels like they love a player and they want to take that player, I always say go take them. It's just that then you're increasing the risk. That's all. So you just have to be really, really convinced that that's what you want. But Again, they're going to have a choice of a lot of players. I think they'll be doing a lot of interviews at the Combine. And in a way, it's better for them um, to do more interviews and to find out more. But again, in this spot, I would not trade down. I wouldn't. Because if you're, you know, I know somebody says, well, what if somebody gives you a second round pick for trading down to the ninth? They're not going to. They'll give you like a fourth. You know, they're not going to give you a second in this draft. You're not getting it back that way. And if I have to go from like seven to like 13 or 15 to get that second, I'm not doing it. Same as I wouldn't have done it in the Caulfield draft. I'm just against doing it because uh, it just, give me that player there. I do believe it makes a difference. I do believe it makes a difference just from seven to nine. So. Yeah, I think so as well. And there's going to be plenty of, of options there for everybody who's picking three to nine i would say overall like that mix of guys um would not be surprised uh, if there's a lot of movement in terms of various rankings and, and stuff like that in the, in that group we've yeah, talked about players, uh that are draft eligible that are you know in the world championship so sometimes that matters and and you know we've talked about some of them we haven't talked about others yet uh, zach benson is somebody we'll we'll focus on who we haven't talked about much who could potentially be there at seven 
Uh, but we're looking at Oliver Moore, Ryan Leonard, maybe Crystal uh, will will be around. And you know, I I'll think around just you know kind you of the right. And so these are the kinds of players that I think the Flyers will be focused on. But you know, if you had to narrow it down to three guys that you're like your top three of who's likely going to be available as of now, who would that be? Yeah, I don't know if I could do it now. Um... It'd be hard because I still have to kind of go through a few things. So right now, um, it's it's a little early. It is. I mean, I know everybody says, "Well, just take Oliver Moore," and it's like, you know, no. there's an argument to be made that uh, again. And I've said this, and I I still kind of wonder if Dvorsky's there. Would they take him? Uh, I certainly wouldn't hesitate in taking him, and, along with a few other players. But I don't know if they would take him. So I, I'm not there yet. I'm not really, you know, that's the thing. At seven, there's a lot, there's still some play because I got one, because even Mitchkoff could possibly fall to seven just to make it even, you know, more dramatic. I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, right. there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight players that I would have to look at seriously in that spot. Yeah. That's like, I, I'm not trying to create drama. That's just, that's just the reality. Everybody can say, Hey, it's all just Smith Moore or Leonard. Just take one of them, and it's like you know, to me, it's more than that. Not not even looking for a pun. Uh, it's just <laughs> it is more than that, and and so you know, I have to still look at it one more time before I put out a mock and and really kind of consider that. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I think there's some a uh, a wide variety of opinions on these guys. Like you look at different uh, rankings. As of now, obviously, people's final rankings have not come out yet. A lot of them. Yeah, I and so, yeah, so there's going to be a lot more information to come out over the next several weeks. But I think, you know, some, like I said, some people have Will Smith moved up to the three spot. I believe Bob McKenzie did. But, you know, some rankings have him down at 11. And so that's a pretty wide swath, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, there, yeah, there's, there's some guys when, and I just had a two and a half hour draft meeting for elite prospects and uh, that video will be out soon. And there's a lot to talk about and you'll see, we have like eight people, I think on that call. And yeah, I mean, you, you could see the opinions and, and where they, where they range. And it's not just talk, like we're breaking down a lot of different things, pluses and minuses in, in their games. and. But again, that's why, you know, I've been looking at this for probably three months, four months we've been doing it on this show. And I've been, you know, going to tournaments and doing all those things. So that's why I just don't like to throw stuff out there uh, simply because, you know, I am trying to put in the work, too. And even when you say as of now, it's funny, like I would say two months ago, it was easier for me. It would have been easier for me to say it two months ago than to say it now because I know a lot more now. So that's, the, you know, that's the funny thing about it. I think there was definitely a lot more certainty a few months ago with yeah. some of these guys. And I think, you know, the last couple of tournaments that have happened and the end of the USHL season, yeah. I think, had a big impact on the rankings. And again, that's why we've said over and over again, you know, taking one game or one tournament, you know, as a reason to move somebody up more than one or two spots in your rankings is, you know, a little dangerous. It is. 
it's definitely a little dangerous. And again, some of these guys have really shined. As an example, Dvorsky had 11 goals in the U18s. And even on, you know, when I was on that EP call, I was like, you know, that 11 goals does count for something. It does. And it does make you relook at what you thought of the guy and now what you think of the guy. So, again, if there's a player, if you're, you know, if you ask me who has a quick shot to get to the NHL, clearly Fantilli, but he's, he's, I think he's going to college. But Dar will play in the NHL because that's what we expect. Uh, but Dvorsky could get to the NHL fast, like, you know, could be in a year. And because he's a Euro, he can come right over. He can go in the AHL. You know, there's there's some advantages. So if somebody is looking for that and says that's what they like, then they'll do that. And then there are teams that definitely do that. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. I think with him, uh, it would work out. But again, you know, for a team like the Flyers, that shouldn't be the reason you take him because you don't expect him to be good next year. So don't worry about him being mm-hmm. in the lineup next year. Worried about the lineup like three years from now. Like the other show that I was on, to me, to me, a, a true rebuild takes around five years. If you're yep. going to do a real rebuild, you're going to get rid of most of your players and you're going to take about five years. But I don't see the Flyers doing that. They haven't shown me any indication, especially even the, the way they were talking. Danny Breer was talking at his press conference that they're going to do that. So for people that say there's varying degrees of a rebuild, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think a rebuild is pretty like the only thing you could say is nothing is certain. Like you could do it for five years. It might take seven. That's true. But I think what is pretty certain is it's hard to do it quicker. And we pointed out how the Rangers were able to do it quicker. But now it looks like they they could take a step back because of everything they did quicker. So you have to be really careful with that. And, you know, we'll see just what the Flyers do and who they trade and what they do. And then we'll have a better idea. Are they really in it? Because this five years will go past towards his contract, too. Is he going to hang around and and be there for, like, let's say, year five when maybe they're going to start to be better like Detroit is now? Like, Iserman came out and said five years, like when he was when he was hired, if you remember. And the Flyers aren't giving that message. There's going to be a lot to talk about along those lines and what the rebuild looks like uh, and how this draft pick will fit into the rebuild. In the meantime, uh, we are going to do a little catch up on the NHL playoffs and give our thoughts on this series so far. All right. So, you know, away from the draft lottery drama or lack of drama, I guess, in a lot of ways. Uh, the NHL went directly into the Oilers versus Vegas Golden Knights series uh, game three. We don't have the outcome of that game as a recording, but what we do know is that Brossois left the game with an injury and Hill is in net. Uh, Jonathan Quick is dressed and will be serving as backup for the remainder of that game, which is not a good it's sign. Crazy, Cause he's been missing in action. Like nobody has seen him. Nobody has reported mm-hmm. on him. So clearly they just don't want to use him, And, and that's yeah. fine. Um, I'm sure he's not loving that. Now they're going to be forced to at least have him on the bench as a backup. Yeah, it's, but it's a weird situation. You have to admit it. And, and it's been yeah. weird really since uh, the playoffs have started, but yeah, Edmonton right now looks like the powerhouse team. Anyhow, to beat them, I picked them to beat them. 
Dreisaitl is maybe going to set some records. So I don't know. Uh, in the end, will it, will it matter uh, that that's why the Vegas might lose that series? Nah, it just might happen quicker now. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the series going into last night's game was tied at one, and we'll see what kind of impact that might have. Yeah. I think the series with uh, some surprise and a lot of drama is the Leafs versus Panthers. Uh, Panthers uh, atop that series three games to none. The Leafs uh, struggling to show up for large swaths of games here. The big guns have not produced at all in this series. Now, we did talk about the series schedule being a little wonky uh, due to the Miami Heat playoffs uh, interfering, as well as, I believe, the Kentucky Derby and the Panthers owner um, owning a horse that wound up getting scratched, uh, yep. something along those lines, so he could be at the Derby. But... Uh, aside from all that, the Panthers have done a very solid job at managing the offense uh, of the Leafs. Yeah, no question. I, I picked Florida because I felt like they had gotten a little something um, from the last series. And and it looks like they have. They have an extra year now of compete that it doesn't seem like the Leafs have. Now, the Leafs goaltending is a mess, too. I mean, it just is. Samson is out true. now. But even before he was out, he wasn't performing great. He, had, he is like a a 902 save percentage or something, or an 890, you know, it's high 890s. It's just not good enough. He's like the, I looked it up and, you know, he's like the 10th best goalie in the playoffs. So besides their core not showing up, it's that too. So both those things doesn't bode well. So they, And they're not coming back in that series. So Florida is a dangerous team now. They, they really are. They're, and Bob is at least locked into the point where he looked like Vezina Bob at the end of the last series. He looks like him now. And so this is a, a, a big thing for them. So, yeah, I just, you know, the Leafs are on life support. That's all. Yeah, I think so. Uh, there are two games on the schedule for tonight. We've got game four of the Devils versus Canes. The Devils uh, came back to win game three. So it's two to one Carolina. Now, that game three was absolute bonkers. Twelve goals scored <laughs> combined between the two teams. Uh, we saw Luke Hughes check in to the game for the Devils. Uh, I, I think, you know, we talked about this series in terms of the Devils, like figuring out their opponent in game two or three. And it, it could be another one of those situations, like their series against the the Rangers. It could be. Um, the, the thing with Hughes is I, I, I noticed that they, they have, um, maybe put a few constraints on him, but he's playing well offensively. And I don't think he's taken a lot of chances, but just having his speed in there and the offensive instincts, you know, he kept plays alive. He, you know, he had assists. Those things are great. So you just hope that it doesn't get too complicated for him. If you're Carolina, you're going to try and make it complicated for him. Like you're going to, you know, that's what you're going to try and do. Uh, but right now, the the funny thing is, is just, to, just when everybody was willing to say there, there isn't much home ice advantage, I really do feel like the Devils have home ice advantage because they're a young team and they definitely yeah. seem to play better in front of their crowd. I was there for game seven. Uh, they definitely play better in their home crowd than anywhere else. Now, doesn't mean they can't win on the road because they certainly are capable, but that's going to be their their battle is to, to win in Carolina because I think they'll do well on their ice. So we'll see. That's an interesting series. Uh, I did pick the Devils. I'm, I'm sticking with them. Right now they're showing some life. 
Uh, the other game tonight, of course, is the Dallas Stars versus Seattle Kraken. And, um, you know, I think that that first game where the Kraken won in overtime, I thought was kind of a harbinger for the rest of the series that okay. the Stars really needed to pick it up a little bit. And that, you know, we've talked about the Kraken being sneaky good over this playoff series and you know the stars did win game two but then the kraken just hammered the stars in game three and so again this game tonight i think is make or break it for the stars yeah i think you're right i think they need a big one out of ottinger because he gave up a lot last game like six or seven um they are sneaky good without jared mccann who's their best scorer so right that's been really good for them uh, Dallas needs, you know, Pavelski can't have four goal games all the time and he definitely shouldn't have lost any four goal game. Right. So they need a break. Uh, we'll see if it happens. It is a weird series, but you give Dave Haxtell credit because, uh, he, he has definitely made this team worth more as a team than the sum of the parts. And they have some nice players, but again, it's not like as talent laden as, as even Dallas is. So give him credit. Let's see where it goes, but I really have no clue or a good feel. I picked Dallas, but it doesn't mean, you know, Seattle can't win this. They definitely could win this. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that will do it for today's show. Uh, Everydayers, come back tomorrow. We will have your mailbag questions. So get those in to us as well as our trade don't trade discussion should be a fun one. Uh, to get us your mailbag questions, you can tweet us at Locked on Flyers. You can email us at Locked on Flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.